Hey, Casey. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. So we're going to be going over more of the Bible today. All right. I took some notes from our pre-meeting, which is up for patrons right now, where we talk about the Bible study today, a lot more information than what we're going to give here, as well as talking about a few uh, uh, a few current events. Mm -hmm. So definitely go to Patreon, Godless Engineer, and become a patron for as little as $1, and you can hear those episodes. Yeah, we don't actually give more information there than here. Well, I mean, I gave a little we bit more do. information that, that doesn't apply to today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you meant to the... Podcast. No, 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 no. I, I gave you. some My bad. back information there. Anyway, yeah. so we're going to get to the, the main thing. Okay, first of all, Joshua fucking dies, and he's buried. And then Laserface, he <laughs> dies too. Okay? I bet you guys didn't know Laserface was in this. You thought he was only in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Nope, Laserface is in this one too. Except he looks prettier. Um, and then Joseph's bones are buried, or rather he gets his bone buried, if you know what I'm talking about. Casey knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and if you guys don't remember, the shit givens were left alive from last time, so we got to deal with them this time. Now, um, this is going to be the first time that we have to fight the undead Canaanites. I don't know if you guys <laughs> knew about the zombies in like the 13th century BC, but yeah, we're fighting the first ones. Uh, Judah and Simeon are actually the first two tribes that get to fight the undead you, Canaanite watched, army. You, you've watched too much Walking Dead. No, I have not. <laughs> uh, and then God directly talks to the Jews without a conduit for the first time. I don't know why now he's pulled the stick out of his ass, but he has unplugged that holy hole. And... <laughs> And then uh, the Lord also pimp walks into battle with Judah. You guys didn't know that either. I mean, these these are things that you will not hear in a Sunday school class. That is accurate. Yes, that is probably the only accurate thing. I don't know that you would ever hear unplugged his holy hole. <laughs> uh, Caleb gets groomed uh, and gifts his daughter. Uh, if you guys don't know what grooming is, um, it's a pedophile thing. And uh, Effie captures Bethel for some reason. I don't know if, if she was just mouthy or some shit and she just needed to be put in the cage for a little bit. Uh, Luz, I don't want to hear shit right now, Casey. Okay. Luz uh, gets created in the mind of all existence. And uh, then there's a bunch of conquest failures because that's what the Jews do best. Fail. Uh, see World War Two. <laughs> my god oh no the lawyers would like to say that they're sorry <laughs> uh and then of course failure does not make god happy he's actually pretty pissed also see world war ii that was terrible it was not terrible it was completely accurate it was terrible i had that, that one terrible. accurate thing <laughs> No, I don't even know what that one accurate thing might be. They bury you will people. Not, no, you will not hear this in Sunday school. That is true. That's the one accurate thing. But also Josh dies. Yeah. What's up, heathens? 
How, How y'all, y'all doing? doing? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was uh, my take on our pre-meeting show, but I'm, I'm sure Casey has a lot to correct me on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and get on into the Bible study? Yes. So today we are going to have a little bit of the end of Joshua chapter 24, um, and then we're going to have chapter one of Judges and just a little bit of chapter two of Judges, the first few verses, Okay. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is the fact that Joshua dies. Joshua is the servant of the Lord. You know, he took over after Moses uh, died and he died at the age of 110. Ooh, he's a spry motherfucker for mm-hmm. 110. Yeah, because he's been fighting, right? He's been fighting the Canaanites for years. Okay. You think he's been like just on his doorstep, like get off my lawn, goddammit! Fucking Canaanites. I don't know. Probably that's probably not how it worked. <laughs> I mean, he went after him with a sword. So we'll see. <laughs> and in God, um, so they buried him in the land of his inheritance. Okay, and in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. So that's where they buried him. That's it. Joseph's gone. He's dead. We're done. Right. Joshua. Fuck. <laughs> Joshua. I did, leads, this, I did this in the pre-meeting, too. Yeah. This leads us to our next, or, well, actually, no, uh, actually, the bones are buried after laser face, so. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I jumped ahead. Yeah, so laser face is actually not this person's actual name. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Ali, uh, Eleazar. Thank you. Eleazar. <laughs> He's normally the one with the with the name problems, and I'm like, what the fuck? I just did this, and so in the pre-show, I actually looked it up the how to pronounce on YouTube, and I had it, I had it, and then I lost it. Eleazar, um, he dies, and if you don't remember who Eleazar is, he is the last remaining son of Aaron. Aaron was Moses's brother. So, like, was he just celibate after that? He didn't like fuck anybody. I mean. Priests were able to still have kids back then, right? Yeah, no, nobody's saying he didn't have kids. I'm saying this is the last son of Aaron, like his actual son, like Aaron's. Oh, okay. Aaron's sons. Remember the two sons were killed with the fire in the temple. This was the only remaining son. Okay. He's dead now. And Aaron's been dead for a while. Remember they they buried him on Whore Mountain? (laughs) On Whore Mountain. (laughs) Where all of us want to be buried when we go to heaven. So he died and was buried uh, in in the hill country of Ephraim, where in in his allotted inheritance area. Okay, mm-hmm. and then this is not this this the second part is or this third part is not in Judges. It's in the end of very end of Joshua. They buried Joseph's bones. So if you don't remember who Joseph is, Joseph's father is Jacob or Israel, right? Mm-hmm. So Joseph is one of the 12 tribes of Israel. He's one of the 12 sons of Jacob. He was the guy with the multicolored coat and shit, right? No. No. He's oh. the one that was sold into Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was the one that was sold into Egypt, mm-hmm. but it's because he had the multicolored coat from his father, Judah. Okay. His father wasn't Judah. His father was Jacob. Or Jacob, sorry. It's so hard to keep all these fucking names in line. His brother, he had a brother, Judah. 
Well, yeah, I know he had a brother, Judah, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, he had like his father, Jacob, gave him the multicolored coat and mm-hmm. made his brothers all jealous of him. And, you know, he had those dreams and then his brothers yeah, were like, brothers, fuck this guy. We're selling him into yeah, slavery. And they did. They sold him into slavery into Egypt. Uh, and so what's interesting is that he he died. He so he was be, this was before the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, according to the story. Right. Right. So this was 400 years. And so mo- w- the last thing that Joseph wanted was he asked on his deathbed to be. Uh, for his bones to be taken with the Israelites when they left Egypt because he could see the future, remember? Mm-hmm. And so he asked for his bones to be taken with the Israelites and buried in the land of milk and honey, you know, buried in the right. promised land. So Moses did that when he left, when he left Egypt during the Exodus, he took his bones. So it's interesting. I have an interesting little story to tell you in the Talmud. It says that Moses performed a miracle when he got Joseph's bones and that he raised his bones out of the Nile, like in a sarcophagus that Moses like did his, I don't know if he used his staff or like just put his arms out or whatever, but apparently um, in the Talmud, Joseph's bones are buried in the Nile and Moses raises them out to take them with them in the whole sarcophagus and everything. Okay. Okay. So, uh, b- before we move on from that, okay. his, his bones were in a sarcophagus and they in, were apparently in the Nile, right? According to the Talmud. Right. Not according to the Bible. Okay. There are conflicting stories. Okay. Well... If it was in if it was in the sarcophagus, like it's talking about bones, uh, they typically last between forty and fifty years in like a coffin or sarcophagus mm-hmm. before they turn into like uh, brittle uh, sh- stuff and they will break easily and turn to dust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in soil of neutral acidity, bones could last for hundreds of years. So, like I don't know when they dug up the bones in the Bible, but if they just sort of had them in a box, they would be dust by now. Yeah. So they, in the Bible, in Genesis uh, chapter 50, they say that Joseph was embalmed and put in a coffin. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say where the coffin was. It doesn't say if it was like in a wall or if it was in the ground or anything like that. But in the Bible, it says he was embalmed and put in a coffin. But in uh in the talmud his body was put in a sarcophagus and and placed in the nile or sunk into the nile or whatever and moses had to raise it through a miracle in order to take it with them but that's not in the genesis account <laughs> it's it, it yeah that's weird I I love how all of the different accounts of how shit happened, because like in the Bible, it's just like, oh, yeah, they just took his bones with them. And the Talmud, it's like, and then Moses whipped out his giant dick and performed a miracle (laughs) and raised a sarcophagus out of the Nile. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how um, how the different stories go. But um, Joseph's bones were buried in Shechem. Right. And let's see what else it says here. I don't know why, but all of the names of the cities in the Bible sound just fucking hilarious to I know, me. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and Shechem is supposedly where Jacob was living 
Okay, and it's it, the land where Joseph's bones were finally buried was um, a land that Jacob had bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, um, who uh, who was the father of Shechem. Okay. Okay. So this area became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. Okay. All right. Um, the tomb, Joseph's tomb is considered by Jews, Christians, and Muslims to be the second holiest site in the world. Oh, wow. All right. But no one really knows where it is. So they have like a monument built and that's where people go. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are various locations that are cited as the where Jacob is actually, uh, sorry, Joseph is actually buried mm-hmm. and like several, there are several different ones. There are a few in Jewish scripture, a few in Christianity and a few in Islam. And so it's, it's interesting. Nobody really knows where it is. There's no archeological evidence that the site that they used as the tomb, um, it is a tomb, but it's, there's no archeological evidence that it's his. Right. <clears throat> so now, are, are there, um, I don't know if you know this, but are, are there various different sites like in the world today that are considered his tomb? No. Um, Just in scripture. Yeah. Well, there, okay. there's the one site that they use for like ceremonial purposes um, that is that people would consider. I, I think if you asked somebody who really wasn't super educated, who was just super religious yeah they would say that that site is where joseph was buried okay uh well i was just gonna say that uh comparing it to jesus there's a lot of sites over there that people brandish as oh these are jesus's footsteps jesus would have wanked off here like (laughs) but there's there's, like you said there's no archaeological evidence whatsoever to suggest that those were actually sites of import right then so right and in the way that the way that they these sites came to be what they are now is because the land was conquered various times over and over again back and forth between hands of different kings and different rulers in the areas and so it's really difficult um you don't have the same areas that people have lived in for ever right and so but what they have in history is after the Jews were kicked out of a certain area, you know, the land was conquered by somebody else and they were removed. Mm-hmm. As some Jews were returned later, they would go to a few would go to a certain site mm-hmm. that they remembered going to when they were a kid or for whatever reason. And because there was some tradition among some Jewish families to go going some of these places, it was kind of like more like folklore you know kind of this is where this is where we used to go to worship or to whatever celebrate joseph right and so like that's where that's how it ended up being the site and that's kind of how most of these things end up being the sites they they don't know there's a site where jesus is where you know jesus's tomb is right but there's no archaeological evidence to suggest that that's what it is well yeah true they just pick somewhere that they that is found that they think matches or a place of tradition um and so anyway 
Um, it's interesting that you bring up Jesus, though, because there are actually a lot of uh, similarities between the Jesus and the Joseph stories. Um, the There are a lot of parable similarities between the two. Um, so like with Joseph, you have uh, the parable, the wicked tenants mm-hmm. and Jesus, you have the uh, prodigal son. And the, the the parables are very similar. So that's something interesting to look into if you're interested. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, the thing is with Jesus is that Jesus had to be just like all the other prophets and all the other important men in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but better. Yeah. So like more extravagant, more powerful, more magical, mm-hmm. basically. And so it makes sense that like the parables would be similar. Yeah. Um, so that's about all I have, I think, for Joseph. You got anything else about Joseph? Uh, no. I'm all right. Bury so, that fuck. Yeah. So we're done with the Joseph story. All right. We're done with Joshua. We're done with Eleazar. Eleazar? Eleazar. Eleazar. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. So Judges chapter one. So if you remember from last week, I mean, we skipped over where they divided all of the land up, right? Mm-hmm. But but they talked about, and it was very clear that the Israelites took over this whole entire region through several conquests, right? Um, different, different, what were they called? Like... Um, where they drove out all of the people. They drove out all of the people. And when they say drove out, they didn't mean force them to leave. It was very clear that they killed everyone. Oh, yeah. Everywhere with no mercy. In fact, in... Uh, hold on. Let me get let me get back here because there was a specific... Uh, there was a specific chapter where... Or a specific verse. Okay. So this is Joshua chapter 11... For it was the Lord himself who hardened their hearts to wage war against Israel. Now, this was about the the phase, the phase being completed in Canaan. All right. Uh, so that he might destroy them totally, exterminating them without mercy, as the Lord had commanded. So it was very clear several times. And it wasn't just one verse. It was it was over and over again how they talked about killing every single living thing. Yep. Right? Okay. And that's in Joshua. Now, we start Judges chapter 1, and here's the very first verse of Judges chapter 1. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who will be the first to go up and fight for us against the Canaanites? <laughs> like, did they not just defeat all of the Canaanites? Like, yeah. I feel like that's what the entire book of Joshua was about. It is what the entire book of Joshua was about. So it's kind of confusing when you start out. The only people that they say that we remained were the Gibeonites. The shit Gibbons. <laughs> the shit Gibbons. And the Gibeonites were the ones who uh, came to the Israelites and lied and said that they were from a faraway land and had the moldy bread and the worn out tattered clothes and stuff. So, and said that they were from far away so that they wouldn't get killed and made a pact with the Israelites and ended up, they were just neighbors, but they still, because they made a pact with them, they, um, they, the Israelites did not kill them. So those are supposedly the only people left in Joshua. Mm -hmm. Now there's all kinds of people to kill. Oh yeah, I mean, there. Uh, I mean, 
That's why it's the undead Canaanites, honey. They rose up <laughs> from their graves and they're like, we're not going to take this land down. And except it came out like, <laughs> well, and it's not even just a contradiction here between Judges and Joshua. Throughout the rest of the Old Testament, you are going to hear references in Kings and in Samuel and in other books. You're going to hear references to the Canaanites and them living with the Canaanites. The Canaanites are still alive and well. In fact, what it, there was an article in some scientific oh, journal. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there, there, yeah, there's been multiple articles about it. About the Canaanites, like, they're generations ago obviously but still exists like the canaanite bloodline still exists yeah i believe it's a uh, lebanon <laughs> yeah so i it's it's very interesting how it this to me this is more than a minor contradiction this uh, is significant well yeah it is but it's also you also have to understand the old testament and the new testament the bible in general is written for theological purposes. So it doesn't matter if this is an actual contradiction because the theology of judges is what matters. And that this is where I come in with my knowledge and it's not just shit given or dick knowledge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically judges is, is very theological and I've been looking at sermons that use judges, uh, especially the, the verses that we go over today, judges one. Mm -hmm. And it's all about how, the Israelite nation was built off of these great people, mm -hmm. right? You had Moses and then you had uh, Joshua and like before Moses, you had Joseph, which he was buried here. And then you had Laserface. I don't know <laughs> Laser what part he played. Laserface is Moses's nephew. Right. So that would be, <sighs> that would have been in Moses time, not in Joshua's or not in Jacob's or well, no, no, no. But what I'm Joseph's saying is, time. is that the Israelites were built off of great people and great yeah. men doing great things. And then you get the judges and there's no more great people and yeah. they all fail, which we're going to get to. I don't, yes. I don't, I don't mean to foreshadow too much, but they all fail and it's all because they've moved away from God. And they stop like worshiping God and they're coexisting with other religions and everything like that. Yeah. And they're becoming amenable to other people. And so they fail and because God is not with them anymore. And every story in Judges is about that, about how you you do things with God and you're just a fucking killing machine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're protecting the Israelite people. But then as soon as you go against God or do something that God doesn't want you to do, you fail, you fail and, it you know, you die, basically. Yeah. But, <sighs> and that and that feeds into the whole idea that you can't succeed in life you can't be anything without god you're nothing without yeah, if, god if you do something without god you're destined to fail right is and that's and that's what the sermons are all surrounding yeah is is how the previous generation or the previous people were very close to god and that's why they were great mm -hmm. you know that's why your dad was awesome that's why your grandpa was awesome mm -hmm. that's why americans won world war ii because we had god shoved up our ass but <laughs> That's, I mean, <laughs> of course, obviously, it was the allies that won, not America. It, it, you know, I mean, you get what I'm saying, though. Yes. Um, But, yeah, so that's what Judges is about. It's not about history. It's not about recording history accurately or anything like that. This is theology. 
and so that it doesn't matter like them saying oh we're who's going to be the first to fight the canaanites because it's it's about theology yeah so and and this this touches on it a little bit how um you know the great men like you talked about the great men um and basically their immediate their immediate connection with moses their their connection with god has kind of been severed there's no more there's no more conduit well right and, okay in joshua they make another covenant with god right the israelite people that they will not mix with these other people that they will not live with these other people god tells them you have to kill all of these people because they're wicked right well so supposedly that's what they do it's not what they did right right okay so judah and uh, simeon right that's where we are Mm -hmm. yeah okay so judah and simeon join forces um so the israelites asked god right who will be the first to go up and fight for us against the canaanites so the lord answered to who i'm not sure because god doesn't talk to people he talked to his one person right Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure who he's talking to but apparently everyone now judah is to go i have given the land into their hands then the men of judah said to the simeonites their brothers come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the canaanites we in turn will go with you into yours so the simeonites went with them when judah attacked the lord gave the canaanites and parasites into their hands and they struck down ten thousand men at bezek it was there they found Adoni Bezek and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and Perizzites. Adoni Bezek fled, but they chased him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. <laughs> we're going to teach you, okay? You were thumbing at us. Well, we're going to take them thumbs away. Also get his toes. I, want, I need his toes. Just the big toes. Why do you need his toes, sir? That's my business. Yeah, so he can't walk. He won't be able to balance, right? Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. So then Adani Bezik said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. Um, So that was kind of this king's MO, supposedly. He would conquer a king, cut off his thumbs and big toes, and make him them serve him. Okay. And so he sees this as like retribution. Who who fucking wants a stumbly ass servant? Like you can't get that. Like you can't ask him to go and get you some water or something. They're just they gonna spill it all over the place. They don't have opposable thumbs. Um, okay, so they brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Uh, the men of Judah attacked Jerusalem also and took it. They put the city to the sword and set it on fire. After that, the men of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites living in the hill country the Negev, and the western foothills. They advanced against the Canaanites living in Hebron, formerly called uh, Kirath uh, Arba, and defeated Sheshay, Ahiman, and Talmai. Talmai? I'm not sure. Anyway, the descendants of Moses' father-in-law, the Kenite, went up from the city of palms because you remember moses married a canaanite woman mm-hmm. yeah so this is the descendants of moses's father-in-law uh went up from the went up from the city of palms with the men of judah to live among the people 
of the desert of Judah in the Negev near Arad. So those Canaanites lived, right? Right. I mean, they were related to Moses, sort of, so like kind of a big deal. (laughs) Um, Then the men of Judah went with the Simeonites, their brothers, and attacked the Canaanites living in uh, Zephath, and they totally destroyed the city. Therefore, it was called Horma, which in uh, Hebrew means destruction. Oh, I'm I sure think so. it does. Destruction, yeah. Horma. <laughs> the men of Judah also took Gaza, uh, Ashkelon, and Ekron, each city with its territory. Okay. Okay. The Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains because... Oh, I wonder why. They had iron chariots. Oh, fucking shit. Not iron chariots. We all know that's like kryptonite for God. Yeah. So apparently God can defeat. Or, well, God can do anything, right? He's right. God. He can create the entire world, but he can't defeat an iron chariot in a plane. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so that's the story of Judah. So they took over the hillside. Right. But they could not drive the Canaanites out of the plains. So the Canaanites in the plains survived in that area. All right. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Caleb. Um, and this, it, the Caleb is also talked about in Joshua. Um, some that we didn't go over when we were talking about the division of territory. Caleb asks for a specific thing and he gets it because he was one of the two um uh, one of the two spies mm-hmm. that came. Did we already talk about that? Uh, no, we did in the pre-show. But we're... Okay, yeah, I get confused the pre-show. Okay, so uh, Caleb, if you don't remember who Caleb is, when when Moses and the Israelites got near Canaan, um, before they did any fighting or anything like that, they just got near Canaan, Moses sent 12 spies out to spy on the Canaanites and see what they were up against. Well, so all of them came back and only two of them recommended that they advance and fight and take over the land. Yeah, the rest of them were like, well, I don't know. They look pretty fucking big out there. Maybe we should just turn our asses around and just, you know, occupy this land. Yeah, they they were afraid. The 10 of the 12 spies were afraid. They said the Canaanites are big. Their cities are large and fortified. They are, they're many in number and basically we should not we should not approach this and because we'll get killed um but two of the spies said nah fuck it let's go do it and that was joshua who we already know took over for moses and caleb yeah you could just think of it as them being like i don't know guys i think we could just like leroy jenkins this shit (laughs) so caleb was given a little more because of his faith and loyalty and and because because of his unwavering faith that's why he was rewarded with extra um so in accordance with the lord's command to him joshua gave caleb a portion in judah um from hebron caleb drove out the three anakites uh the descendants of anak okay mm-hmm. so from there they advanced uh, against the people living in Debir. And Caleb said... I like Debir. Debir, yeah. 
And and Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the man who attacks and captures uh, Kirate Sefer, who is um, that's the that's the name of the town. It's what it used to be called when they went. It was Debir, but it used to be called um, uh, Kirate Sefer. Okay. Okay. So Othniel son of Kanaz, who was Caleb's younger brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter to him in marriage. So, wait, hold on. Say that again? His cousin. Her cousin. Her? Oh. That's weird. Yeah. He's, so, Othniel is the son of Caleb's younger brother. Okay. I misread it earlier. Oh, okay. So the not co- uncle, it's cousin. It's first, a cousin. First cousin, not removed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I could just imagine that guy's like, "Oh shit!" You know, I've been wanting to get a little bit of piece of that for a while now. Yeah, I best go and conquer this land so I can get me a little bit. Yeah. So uh, one day when she came to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. Okay. Mm-hmm. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, what can I do for you? So she went to see her father and she was already married to her cousin. Right. Mm-hmm. And she said, do me a special favor. Since you have given me land in Negev, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her upper and lower, the upper and lower springs. Oh, okay. I don't know why that is an important thing to talk about, but it's there. Okay. Okay. Um, Bitch loves springs. I get it. <laughs> they needed water. <laughs> They're in the Middle East. They fucking needed water. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next part is um, we're continuing on in Judges chapter one. We're going to talk about Ephraim and Bethel. So now the house of Joseph attacked Bethel and the Lord was with them. When they sent men to spy on Bethel, formerly called Luz, the spies saw a man coming out of the city and they said to him, show us how to get into the city and we will see that you are treated well. So the man showed them and they put the city to the sword, but spared the man and his whole family. He then went to the land of the Hittites. They're talking about the man now. He left and went to the land of the Hittites where he built a city and called it Luz, which is its name to this day. So I decided I was going to look up Luz, right? Right. And while I didn't find any cities currently existing called Luz. Right. Um, I did find the very first uh, search result that comes up is cityofluz.com. So I was like, shit, yeah. It's like, it is a real place. Cool. So I opened it up. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. This is the homepage. This is like the very first thing you open a website and it says city of Luz is an en- interdimensional city of higher consciousness that unites all branches of knowledge and fields of experience. Luz is the biblical site of Jacob's angelic dream known as the house of God and the gate to heaven. Luz is an impenetrable city in the ancient land of Israel that can only be entered through a secret cave hidden by a hazelnut tree which is why it's called Luz, because hazelnuts, uh, the Hebrew word for hazelnuts is apparently Luz. 
Wow. Okay. okay. Moreover, we are told that after it was conquered, another city also named Luz was built in another eastern country, which is the one we're talking about right here in Judges. Okay. Um, and <laughs> this person says it is a virtual Shangri-La where there is no death and only the truth can be spoken. And it, then it references Judges one twenty four, which is what I just read to you. The the man who was in Bethel, who the Israelites came upon, and they saved him and his whole family because he showed them how to get in. And so that's the city he built. Um, yeah, so Luz is also the rabbinic code for the mind of Moses, the body of Metatron, and the heart of the Messiah. It is the secret of the brain's mysterious uh, pineal gland, the seat of the soul. Within the essence of Luz lies the secret of transformation and resurrection, an actual place that virtually anyone can be shown how and where to find. Luz is also a map into the secret, higher dimensional world of the Jewish rabbis. It's insane. I mean, this is cra- this is crazy. This is crazy. And then it says continually evolving city of Luz website is a spiritual laboratory, the culmination of over 35 years of systematic study of the Torah, science and Kabbalah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Quote unquote science. Mm-hmm. A coherent. I doubt that an interdisciplinary Torah based meta system. It offers the beginner as well as the advanced secular academian and scientific minded, a unique approach to cosmo geopolitics, higher consciousness and the life's everyday struggles. The city of Luz offers an easily mastered arsenal of methodological tools that teach both conscious left brain textual learning and direct right brain spiritual experience. That's, yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) But yeah, besides that website, the only thing I found was biblical references to the city. So as far as, as far as I can tell, a city of Luz does not exist today. Okay. Are we ready for, you ready to move on to the failures of the tribes? Uh, Yes. Let's do the failures of the tribes. I want to know how they failed and made God cry. Okay. So we already talked about how there's a bunch of people who still live there and haven't been driven out, right? Mm-hmm. Even though just just one chapter ago, they talked about how they killed everybody. Anyway, so first of all, we're going to talk about the failure of the Eastern tribes. But the Israelites did not drive out the people of Gesher and Maka, so they continued to live among the Israelites to this day. Okay, so that was one they mentioned. Um, Ephraim, they did not dislodge the Canaanites living in Gezer, To this day, the Canaanites live among the people of Ephraim, but are required to do forced labor. So those people were enslaved. Okay. Okay. Uh, The failure of Manasseh. With um, Issachar and Asher, Manasseh also had Beth Shan, um, Iblim, and the people of Dor and Dor and Tanakh, and um, Megadu. <laughs> that's just that's a hilarious name. I can't get over it. Megadu. Yeah, Megadu. Uh together with their surrounding settlements. 
yet the Manassites were not able to occupy these towns, for the Canaanites were determined to live in that region. However, when the Israelites grew stronger, they subjected the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out completely. Okay. Uh, the failure of Judah. Judah did not dislodge, dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the people of Judah. All right. Okay. Uh, the failure of Benjamin. <laughs> the Benjamites, however, failed to dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the, ben with the Benjamites. So, hold up. Joshua 15:63 chapter 15 verse 63 Judah could not dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem today the Jebusites live there with the people of Judah Judges 121 the Benjamites failed to dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem to this day the Jebusites live there with the Benjamites so the ben the the Benjamites and the other ones are living with the Jews. And Judah. And so they're both living with them. It said that they both failed to dislodge the Jebusites in Jerusalem. So I don't know if they both did or if that's a contradiction. Well, yeah, I don't know. Because it's, it's ambiguous language and uh I mean it doesn't I mean it doesn't explicitly say that they were all living in the same area together but right. it does insinuate it like well, when because, you do the math. Well because well the tribes see here's the thing is each tribe of Israel was supposed to get their own areas. They don't cross and live together. Right. The tribes live separately. That's the whole reason why Joshua had to go out and like do the thing with the other tribes across the river. Yes. Because they have their own areas. Well, and each of the individual tribes, once he finished his like speech to those the tribes that were gathered together, mm -hmm. he told them all, go off into your own lands. So now in Joshua, they say that the in, in both Joshua and the judges, the Jebusites lived in Jerusalem. The Jebusites ruled Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. In Joshua, Judah gets the area with Jerusalem. Right. Right. And they failed to push them all out. But in Judges, the Benjamites get the area that has Jerusalem and they failed to get them out. So to me, that seems like a contradiction because the tribes were given their own areas. They did not live together. Well, right. I, I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend to because remember, keep in mind that. To, in theology, contradiction doesn't matter. Right. Things can contradict and the theology is still there. Yeah. So that's why there are contradictions is because it's not about being logical. It's about theology. Well, and it seems like they would just say they live together. Well, like, you would think. You but, would think, but because one is in one book and one is in the other and they are different things, I don't think they all live there together. They're just wrong. They could be. But, yeah. I mean... Uh, Considering that none of this actually happened in history. Well, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, accurate. Okay. So um, the next failure is Zebulun. Neither did Zebulun drive out the Canaanites living in Kitron or Nahalal, uh, who remained among them, but they did subject them to forced labor. Okay. Are you seeing like a general, like, except with the Jebusites? 
they didn't put them into right. forced labor for some reason. Mm-hmm. So failure of Asher, nor did Asher drive out those living in Akko or Sidon or Alab or Aksib or Helba or a bunch of other fucking cities. I'm not going to do this. And because of this, the people of Asher lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land. Um, uh, Naphtali. Neither did Naphtali drive out those living in Beth Shemresh or Beth Anath, but the Nephilites too lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land, and those living in Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath became forced laborers for them. Uh, the Danites, tribe of Dan. <laughs> tribe of Dan. Are you a Danite? <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. <laughs> the Amorites confined the Danites to the hill country, not allowing them to come down into the plain. And the Amorites were determined also to hold out in Mount Heres, um, Ijalon, and Shalbim. Uh, Shalbim. But when the power of the house of Joseph increased, they too were pressed into forced labor. The boundary of the Amorites was from Scorpion Pass to Selah and beyond. Scorpion Pass, you know, that's where the uh, that one mummy movie, The Scorpion King, was filmed. Yeah. Um, so we're going to end that. That was the end of Judges chapter one. The last part we're going to talk about is the very beginning of Judges chapter two, just the first few verses. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is basically these failures are a problem. And they're a problem because God specifically told the Israelites that they were not allowed to live among these other people. Right. Okay. So the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land. I swore to give your forefathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you should break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? Now, therefore, I tell you that I will not drive them out before you. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a snare to you. When the angel of the Lord had spoken these things to all the Israelites, the people wept aloud, and they called that place Bochum, uh, which means in, in Hebrew means weepers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there they offered sacrifices to the Lord. So, okay. So God is pretty pissed. Yeah. And it's interesting because in Joseph, in Joseph, God was with them. Or sorry, Joshua. In Joshua, mm-hmm. God was with them and they destroyed everything with God. But then they had failures in certain lands and certain people that were determined to live there. But if God was with them and God was all powerful, why wouldn't God have helped them take over these areas too? And then because he didn't help them take over the areas, they couldn't take over the areas. And now they're in trouble because he didn't help them take over the areas. It's very confusing. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, but again, theology, and Mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be logical. Because, I mean, you're not supposed to actually read these things from beginning to end. You're supposed to read them as your pastor tells you to read them, to teach you things. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's how theology works. Yeah. (laughs) 
But uh, anyways, that's it for today. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, again, uh, if you want to listen to our take on a couple of current events that have happened recently, you can become a patron at patreon.com godless engineer, and you can get those special patron uh, only um uh, episodes yes so those it's it's always up way before this podcast actually goes live so uh but now we're going to talk about what's happening in on the next adventure of judges where yes. we see more failure of the jews <laughs> well yeah so um the fact that the israelites have let the israelites have let it get to this state where they're living right. among the canaanites from here basically the israelites have to have a more complete conquest of the promised land mm-hmm. right um but and and what they're tr- what the lesson is is that with obedience comes prosperity right right and with disobedience comes adversity so the older israelites had had learned that through the wanderings through the desert and all the things that they had gone through but the newer generation um they're very vulnerable. The new generation of Israelites are very vulnerable. They don't have a direct conduit to God like they did before. They are kind of separated. Um, now, the angel of God did come down and talk to them, you know, in in the very beginning of Judges 2, but it was basically just to tell them you fucked up. Yeah. Right? So they lack leadership. They lack cohesion. The Israelites are never going to be as they were before. So they have to figure out a way to kind of unfuck themselves get unfucked <laughs> surprised it took you that long to get there damn <laughs> they have to figure out a way to become more cohesive right mm-hmm. um so there's some idolatry stuff that goes on um their faith is tested god uses enemies against the israelites what? Uh, yeah. Um, imagine that God does something bad to the Israelites. <laughs> Cause the books of Moses wasn't a fuck enough, right? Okay. Um, then we're gonna talk about oppression uh and deliverance, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're gonna go through next week. There's okay. actually there's actually the week after that there's some oppression and deliverance also. Mopression. Yeah. Mopression. Mopression. That's yeah. more oppression because religious people love oppression. Yeah. They, they might act like, oh, we hate oppression. No, they love oppression <laughs> so much, they will make up shit that makes them oppressed. Yeah. So next week is Judges chapter two and three is what we're doing next week. Okay. Well, we yeah. can't wait to see you guys next week for Judges two and three. Make sure you do your reading before uh, so that you can converse with us. Uh, you know, here on the Bible podcast. Yes. Don't forget to go to patreon.com godless engineer to get those special uh, patron only shows. And I guess we will see you heathens next week. Yeah. Make sure you smash that like button and subscribe and don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye heathens. Bye y'all.